Worldview Update, bringing you closer to international or global news. A huge earthquake in Japan uh, hit the country, when was it, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Uh, 48 people have been injured, and by all accounts, when, when a quake like this hits a country, this, this magnitude, thousands, tens of thousands of people died. So it's amazing in Japan that only 48 people have died. Uh, many have been injured. Professor Guy Midgley is a Stellenbosch climate scientist and acting director of the School of Climate Studies at Stellenbosch University. Professor Guy, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it is amazing that only 48 people have died. What was it, a 7.8 on the Richter scale? Yes, indeed. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Japan is indeed a, a world leader in disaster preparedness and disaster recovery. Uh, and so, although it sounds as though this is a, a high death toll, similar earthquakes in other countries like Haiti and Syria caused the deaths of hundreds to thousands of people. So it indicates how well prepared Japan is for these sorts of events. Tell us about this earthquake. Where was it? And it's slightly different to the one that hit them a little while ago, a couple of years ago. It looks like a cluster of earthquakes, several earthquakes and aftershocks in the space of uh, many hours off the west coast of the central island of Japan, uh, Honshu. So uh, on the on the Sea of Japan, on the west coast. Uh, you know, one of the reasons Japan gets so many earthquakes is it's situated on what's called the Ring of Fire, which is a, um, a, a an area that stretches right around the rim of the Pacific Ocean, where these large uh, geological plates of the world that that support this, the skin of the world that make up this the sort of the, the rock skin of the world rub against each other and cause these sorts of events. So it's um, it's to be expected that these sorts of events happen in these sort of in these sorts of zones. I guess that's why Japan have, uh, are so ready for this because they get earthquakes almost all the time. That's right, earthquakes, and then often uh, the subsequent tsunami. Mm. And uh, if you look at how Japan is is prepared for those sorts of things with. Um, you know, sirens and uh, people know what to do when these sorts of events happen. So uh, it, it is, as you say, it's it's to be expected. And their entire um, sort of way of life, I think, including their building techniques are sort of centered around being resilient to these events. Uh, you mentioned that tsunami. There were initially tsunami warnings, but that was that was there was they were taken away. That's always an issue, and I I think they're still uh, asking for evacuations, people to evacuate the low lying areas just in case tremors and and another earthquake hits. Yeah, these tsunamis are, can be formed because uh, you get changes in the in the level of the. This, the sea floor, very rapid changes in the level of the sea floor that can happen. And that then sets off a series of very large waves, which can rush onto the land. And as we saw in 2011, can cause significant damage to um, to the country. In 2011, it knocked out a, a nuclear plant and caused untold harm to um, even to global acceptance of nuclear power, for example. So these sorts of events have all sorts of ramifications. And uh, even though Japan was extremely well prepared, that tsunami overwhelmed their their um, their preparations. Yeah, the power of nature. With, will there be more earthquakes or will there just be tremors? What generally happens now after such a big earthquake? 
it's very, very difficult to predict. Uh, you know, sometimes these sorts of events will release the pressure that uh, have built up between these geological plates for, for some time. Um, <clears throat> but it is extremely difficult to predict. I mean, I think many people may not remember the, uh, the earthquakes in Italy uh, that occurred, uh, I think, about 20 years ago where some scientists who failed to predict the earthquake ended up in in jail, um, which seemed to be very, very unfair. But um, it's very, very difficult to predict with all the data that you have. Uh, these these events are, are, are difficult to predict, but um, they will. It, it will happen again, there's no question. And one day it will happen in California mm. because that is another major earthquake zone. Uh, if you've been keeping an eye on, uh, uh, there's still people trapped under trapped under the rubble in Japan. That must be a worry. If there are going to be tremors, that'll affect the rubble. But uh, personnel looking for survivors of that earthquake. Uh, it's, it's a very, very dangerous situation. But Japan's building techniques, though, are are surprisingly good. They've they've got very advanced techniques. Uh, many of the larger buildings in cities are. Uh, have these large rubber pads underneath them that isolate them from the earthquakes. And they build with a strong core and often lighter materials on the outside of their buildings. So, But despite that, uh, still people are trapped beneath the rubble and, and uh, it, is, um, it is tragic and very, very dangerous for the, for the rescuers indeed. Uh, okay, so what's, what, what now for Japan? Just, just look, after, look after the people and, and wait because this is one of the biggest powers of nature. There's not much Japanese people or human beings can do. Well, they uh, they'll they'll rebuild and often rebuild better with 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 more resilience. Um, you know, they I think Japan gets more than twenty percent of the world's most dangerous earthquakes. So their economy has to absorb these sorts of extreme events. And uh, but interesting that Japan. Japan's people are very good savers, so they've got lots of money in, in savings. And, um, uh, you know, a, a large part of their economy is centered around uh, rebuilding and restructuring yeah. after extreme events, and it can stimulate their GDP. Prof, just talking about these 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 plates, Katy Peter Marisberg wants to know, uh, she, mm. she, she says sin waves. I, I think she means sine waves from sine all waves. the bomb yes. testing in the oceans could be contributing to continental plate destabilization and whale deaths. Two very different things. Uh, whale deaths, yes, I'll buy, I'll buy that. Oh, gosh, I'm not too sure about uh, you know, if, if those sorts of events are, are, are strong enough to affect these huge, mm. uh, you know, these, this huge buildup of energy between these very, very vast uh, geological plates. So I have my doubts about that. I think this is more a natural cycle. It's driven by the flow of magma in this, the core of the earth, molten rock that uh, flows around and pushes the plates around. So uh, these, are, these are processes we don't understand terribly well. It's very hard to observe <laughs> deep into the earth's crust. But uh, at the moment, we just observe their effects more, more than anything. I just want to go back to the power of this earthquake. There, there are reports that some parts, the earth raised four meters up. Because this is, this is a plate that is making the mountains in Japan. It's raising Japan up. So there were parts where the land has risen four meters and uh, separated by one meter. This is, I'm, I'm trying to imagine you know, massive amounts of rock being risen by four meters. It's it's not just a tremble like we get in Johannesburg. This is a this is <laughs> devastating, and yet only fifty people have died. It's amazing. 
Well, that's true. But I mean, that's that's kind of nothing if you think the Himalayas <laughs> were, were formed by similar pressures. Mm, mm. Uh, and they're thousands of meters tall. The uh, the power behind these these very slow but very very powerful forces is is quite incredible. Um, you know, we don't we don't we may not live in a in a, in a very safe environment. Generally, <laughs> the universe may not be a friendly place, and uh, so we've got to build resilience and uh, long term planning. You know, our economies actually have to think much more about resilience versus pure profit uh, and 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 you know cutting profit to the to the very limit uh, or, or, or cutting costs to the very limit because that puts this makes us very vulnerable to these sorts of extreme events uh, just we, we got a minute or so i want to just digress slightly seeing as you you got an eye on climate studies uh, that that big volcano that's happening in iceland is that still uh, is that still very active and and spewing lava and gases well, it's a similar, similar sort of geological feature, right? It's, uh, it's, it's um, the same sort of issue as the Ring of Fire, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, no, that is that is still a, that is still an issue. So there's there's the there's arrestiveness in the in the Earth's crust at the moment as as things, yeah, as the energy uh, of the crust is being is being readjusted, and and uh, so. We we puny humans have to have to simply respond. Uh, we are we are we are tiny forces in comparison to these massive effects. All right, we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much, Professor Guy Midgley, who is a climate scientist and acting director of the School of Climate Studies at Stellenbosch University.